1: Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with MyBookie. MyBookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code ZABE. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement watching Paul Woodley at my bookie as much as we'd all love to see jake paul eat canvas he's been looking pretty strong in previous matchups and with woodley taking this fight on short notice all the odds are in paul's favor back the problem child to win this rematch he's sure to be the favorite don't miss out Double your first deposit by up to $1,000 by using promo code ZABE. Head to MyBookie today. Place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match. Get settled with Paul versus Woodley, Two Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie today on the zabe cast it was a million dollar heist in broad daylight the new nil landscape in college is gonna be a bonanza at least for some andy poland joins me to explain what happened to coach turgeon at maryland plus the scintillating college football weekend the final four and nfl week 13. all that plus move over fusilli jerry there's a new anus champ in the record books your 45 minute uncensored Zabe expressed is locked and loaded so Buckle up and let's
2: go. Here we go.
1: Monday, December 6th, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Let's get to it. We're here for a good time. Not a long time. And there is a lot to talk about. But I'll start with this. Hey, Jay Bellis, don't ever say... The athletes, the students are getting ripped off. They're getting exploited. Because we have a new champ in the Nil Wrights heist game. His name is Quinn Ewers. He was the rookie no rookie. He was the freshman quarterback at Ohio State. He played two snaps. I think they were both handoffs. Quinn Evers made over $1 million in name, image, likeness rights. He was the top quarterback prospect out of Texas last year. But Texas is one of like three states that prohibits high schoolers from making money off of nil rights for their future college careers. So he decides to enroll at the Ohio State where he can collect that sweet, sweet $1.4 million from GT Sports Marketing. Apparently, the deal was for three years. It's in exchange for autographs and other memorabilia. He goes to Ohio State. He plays two plays in live action, both handoffs. (laughs) And then he says, okay, I'm out. (laughs) He has entered the transfer portal and will be easily one of the top transfer portal guys in college football this winter. And wherever he goes now, probably back to Texas, where he can now safely cash in, since he's a collegian, on his name, image, likeness rights, mo' money, mo' money, mo' money. Now, I'm not mad about this. I think it's funny. I mean, good for him, I guess. I have no idea if GT Sports Marketing is going to actually get value for what they paid for this kid, $1.4 million. I mean, come on. But I don't want to hear anyone else ever say again, oh, these poor kids, they're being taken advantage of. They're already turning the system inside out for their benefit financially. And many would say, well, good. After all these years, good. Well, the thing is, though, it's only the top quarterback prospects. You're not going to get other kids able to do this. And I think there's going to be a real learning curve with these companies that pay money For nil rights that go, yeah, we're not getting our money's worth on these kids. They're really, their their name and their image and their likeness, we can't monetize it, you know, unless you are really one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And even then, who knows if that's going to last? Spencer Rattler started the year at Oklahoma as the Heisman Trophy favorite. He got benched about four games in. But that is an all time heist right there 1.4 million. Gets it, says, thanks a lot, peace out. (laughs) Two handoffs, and I'm on to even greener pastures. Okay, some emails here. You can always reach me, Zabe, at yahoo.com. This one from Kevin Kohler. Thank you, Kevin, for emailing. He says, Zabe, if I remember correctly, a few months back, Andy, that's who's coming on today, mentioned a book titled You Are Looking Live by Rich Podolsky detailing the background on the origins of the NFL Today show on CBS. You recently stated reading the book. I recently started reading the book and came across a story mentioned that I felt you would really enjoy. The attached PDF is an ex- excerpt from the book. Sorry about the quality. The book was from the local library and I did not want to ruin the spine while trying to scan it. What, li- library? What is that? It's a place they have books. Oh. To buy like a Barnes and Nobles? Nobody buys books. No, you borrow the books, and then you bring them back, or they fine you. Oh, a library. Okay, I guess people still use them. So, here's the excerpt about You Are Looking Live. Oh, by the way, let me slip this one in here. Email from Craig Scherzer, my man, Scherzy Scherz, in Kansas City, Zabe, that was your most quality You Are Looking Live you have done since you brought it back to the podcast. It was evident you had done your homework, you had the soundbite machine ready, and all your regular quips and jokes still make me giggle. Well done. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Because I felt that way about Friday's You Are Looking Live. I'm like, okay, that that was a quality run. I've learned how to do good research on these games without having to wait for these so-called AP previews to come out, which really don't start posting until late Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, I just, ready for this, Google the team name, like Raiders and News, and hit Search, and it pops up all kinds of stories. Gee, what a shock, right? I figured, finally figured that out for all these years, and I put a little bit of oomph into making sure to collect the sound bites, put them in the rundown so I can fire them right from my Evernote, run down seamlessly. It worked out pretty good. But anyway, thank you. So, back to the essence and the origin of You Are Looking Live. Here it is from the book called You Are Looking Live by Rich Podolsky. In 1974, CBS Sports executive producer Bill Fitz tried taking the network's pregame show live for the first time. Think of that. 1974, and they were taping the pregame show to an NFL week on a Sunday. They are taping it probably on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and just running it. He's like, "Hmm, maybe we should do this live. You know, there might be some late-breaking injuries or weather, which is a pretty big deal. Hosting the show that year was Jack Whitaker. While Whitaker was a splendid sportscaster, he was not suited for the quick pace of the live show, with highlights being thrown at him from every angle at halftime. One weekend, however, Whitaker was scheduled to be in Ireland covering the Irish Derby for the network's anthology show, CBS Sports Spectacular. (laughs) Fitz decided to bring in Mr. Musburger, that'd be Uncle Brent from Chicago, to try his hand at doing the pregame show live. Tommy O'Neill, one of the producers that year for the pregame show, said, Whitaker struggled so much, it's a miracle, he didn't have a nervous breakdown. Jack was doing something that no one had ever tried before, including no one on the production end of it. When Brent came in that week, he thought he was in heaven. He was phenomenal. He caught on so quickly and adjusted to all the different problems. He had such enthusiasm. He was like a kid in a candy store. When they'd be setting up for the next segment, he'd be laughing and he'd say, look at all that I have here. I got this. I got that. And he just ate it up. Ed Gorin, who was the associate producer of the show, he went on to become the big boss at Fox, agreed. He just sold it, said Gorin. He then showed that he didn't need a teleprompter and had a clock in his head to say the right thing in the proper time frame. Turns out that Whitaker was doing the pregame. They didn't want to diss Whitaker. The end of the story is that they didn't want to, like, just say, all right, Jack, you're off the NFL pregame show. We're going to bring Brent in because Whitaker was very well revered at the time, and so they didn't want to diss him. But Whitaker got fucked because he was calling the Masters back in the, uh, what year was this? This is how network TV was back in the day. He was calling the Masters in 1966 playoff round on a Monday. Nicholas was closing in on his third green jacket after he hit his shot to the green on 18 and started walking toward it. Throngs on either side of the fairway ropes broke through and rushed the fairway to get position for the final shots. Why, that would never happen today at the Augusta National. You're right. The broadcast was already running late, and Whitaker was feeling pressure from the Walter Cronkite news group of the network to throw it to them ASAP. Throw it to New York, throw it to New York, throw it to New York. In his haste, Whitaker described the throngs of spectators rushing out of the fairway behind Nicholas as a, quote, mob. After th- it was then, after Nicholas putted out, that he immediately sent the audience to New- Cronkite in New York. Clifford Roberts, who ran the Masters at the time, was infuriated by the word mob. And also mad that CBS didn't show the green jacket ceremony. They tossed to New York and news. He told CBS if they want to keep the event, they could no longer have Jack Whitaker on the broadcast. Oof. CBS might have loved Whitaker, but they couldn't afford to lose the Masters. So Whitaker spent the next four years watching the event from home before Roberts had finally cooled down and allowed him to rejoin the broadcast team in 1971. By then, the sting was still fresh in everyone's memory. They knew that Whitaker was not at fault, but they allowed him to take the heat after he had given them so many years of great calls and masterful essays. What dicks they were. See, that's a lesson, kids. I don't know about other industries. I think they're all pretty much the same. That's broadcast for you. Your company, they're only going to stick up for you to a certain extent. Don't ever think, oh, they got my back. Oh, (laughs) we'll see about that. Anyhow, they switched out to Brett Musburger in 1974, and the rest, as they say, is history. Of course, Brett liked to say you were looking live because the gamblers loved to see what the weather was. These quick little shots of empty stands and empty stadiums around the NFL, extremely valuable. But once upon a time, it was not at all like that.
0: At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast.
1: Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code ZABE. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement watching Paul Woodley. at my bookie as much as we'd all love to see jake paul eat canvas he's been looking pretty strong in previous matchups and with woodley taking this fight on short notice all the odds are in paul's favor back the problem child to win this rematch he's sure to be the favorite don't miss out Double your first deposit by up to $1,000 by using promo code ZABE. Head to MyBookie today. Place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley 2. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, it is Andy time. Hello! Oh, Andy, there is a lot going on. I just watched the video of Ron Rivera <laughs> throwing the rock at the whiteboard. <laughs> the new tradition of the now 6-6 six and six Washington football team. Hey, how about that, huh? Yeah, David versus Goliath. And, uh, yeah, David put the rock in the slingshot <laughs> and flung it at
3: Goliath, and uh, you know how that one turned out. So well, we'll another, see.
1: another close win with a kicker who was fresh off the white courtesy shuttle from Dallas Airport, but he made it. He made yep. it, and they, uh, they dropped an interception that would have sealed the game. Man, never underestimate the shockingly stone hands of a professional DB in the NFL.
3: Well, you know, I heard Lovey Smith say this a long time ago when he was coaching the Bears and he uh, encouraged his quarterbacks to throw into coverage because (laughs) he says the reason that these guys play defensive back is because they couldn't catch, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's like, you know, the first day of JV football practice, all the fast guys want to play wide receiver. They don't want to play defensive back. They find out who can catch and who can't, and the ones that can catch are receivers and the rest of them are defensive backs.
1: I've heard that for years. I still, though, like Ron Burgundy would say, I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe that athletes, Apex predator athletes, as good as they are to make the NFL, can't fucking catch the ball. They just spaz out when they see a ball right in there. It's like <laughs> You know
3: there was there was Carlos Rogers who said I would have been a pro baller if I could catch the ball. Yes, oh but God. you didn't catch the ball, did you?
1: Right. Uh, Here is uh, Rivera after the win in Vegas. I told you guys everything we need is in this room. Everything hey. we need is room, and understand this more so than anything else. Except for a kicker, we're going to need to get one of those again, probably fifth kicker. We can do what we want and be what we want. It's yeah. up to us. Nobody That's dictates right. to us. Nobody. Okay. Nobody does. Nobody. We decide. You want to say, Jack! you well, yeah, Jack! Jack Del Rio. Former Raider coach. Yep, that's where I got the honor. So there you go. All right, well, uh, here's the thing about Heineke, Andy. He's not going away. Right. And this will end up either being an incredible blessing or a curse, right? He Ooh. is now at the point where you can't dismiss him as the option at QB1 for 2022. No, you can't. Uh, But
3: I still think you need to draft somebody and draft somebody reasonably high. What you don't have to do is to reach, and you don't have to overpay in free agency.
1: I think he gives you that luxury. Well, Well, I mean, overpay in free agency, you can't buy a quarterback. Today in the NFC East, the quarterbacks who started for the three teams not named Dallas, or didn't start, but at least finished the game, were Gardner Minshew, uh, Mike Glennon, and Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke. Last year, that was, at this time last year, that was supposed to be future of the franchise, Dwayne Haskins for Washington, Daniel Jones, same thing for New York, and Carson Wentz for the mm-hmm. Eagles. Man, yeah. mm-hmm. if things move quickly in this league.
3: Right, right. And look, uh, you're right about Carson Wentz. I mean, there was a feeling that he was the next next in the NFC East, right? right. And uh, like fruit, he went bad. <laughs>
1: <know>? <laughs> he he did. Uh, while we're on the NFL, and really I got to get to the Turgeon thing, we got college football to talk about as well, but on the NFL, yeah. why do coaches not understand anymore when it's a good risk to go for fourth down or an idiotic risk? Dan Campbell, who got his first win – as Lions coach, only because the Vikings called the dumbest fucking defense I've ever seen on a fourth and goal end of the game, either win it or lose it play. The only reason that they were that lucky is because, you know, Mike Zimmer's an idiot, but Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth and one at his own 25, only up two in the final, like, six minutes of the game, four minutes of the game, and I'm like, and, of course, they called a play-action pass, and uh, Stafford got set sa- Not Stafford, but uh, Jared Goff oh. got sacked. And he they fumbled. turned it over. I'm like, okay, here's the risk-reward decision-making chart. Fourth and one. Even fourth and a, excuse my language, pube hair. <laughs> even that is a 50-50 proposition. You never want to gamble if the losing 50 means the other team is immediately in range to take the lead with no yards gained, which they would have been with a field goal, right? You lose that gamble, which is 50-50 more or less, no matter how long fourth and whatever is, you're, you're in a bad spot. But what if you get the fourth and one? Then what? You still have to make more first downs and eat up more clock and move down the field more. You gain virtually nothing, but you risk losing the game. Yeah, the the analytics have have really uh, taken over and and not in a good way. But they're misreading the analytics. Whoever thinks that that is an analytically sound decision is fucking crazy. And not
3: only that, here's the coach that has the news conference when he's introduced about biting kneecaps. You know, we're going to be the toughest guys on the block. And fourth and a foot. He goes to some gadget play where the quarterback fumbles. I mean, you know, what are they doing? And yeah, it, he overcame it thanks to uh, Minnesota's really bad defense. Also, did you see the end of the playoff game?
1: Uh, it, yeah. Go no, tell me that one.
3: Well, they, well, they, they go, they uh, score, and so they're now within uh, a point. It's uh, twenty to nineteen with like uh, twenty seconds to go. They have the greatest kicker who ever lived and they go for two and don't get it, and right. they lose by one. But I mean, they, well,
1: their argument was, we're out of DBs.
3: Okay, well, maybe, but but, but And also,
1: remember, NFL Overtime – You can't just kick a field goal and walk off. You're right. They do have Tucker, who's the best there is. They actually had the right play dialed up, but Jackson missed him. But I don't know. I'm not so much against what Harbaugh did on the road. Was it on the road or was it in Baltimore? I'm trying to think now. It was in Uh, Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, yeah, Yeah. Pittsburgh. I'm not so much against that because who knows the real math on winning overtime games? Hell, Pittsburgh tied a game. So I'm I'm not so much against it, but yeah. I think there's a over – teams are going for it too much. By the way, did you see the defense Minnesota played to lose the game?
3: Uh, No, because I had already turned over to the Washington game. What did they do?
1: It was like fourth and goal from like the eight, Mm. and they played this soft shell defense where they laid off the receivers by eight yards. So, in other words, they gave them all this cushion, and it wasn't even a Hail Mary. They didn't have 50 yards of Mm. end zone to defend – and so the Lions receiver ran a simple slant and then turned his back to the defender and caught a simple catch and fell down in the end zone. Yeah. Wait till yeah. you see it. You'll go, that's the dumbest thing ever. Here was Dan Campbell, Mr. Chew His Knees. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Yeah, well, they're now one ten and one so... The winless season is off uh, the the books there. Okay, let's get to college basketball. Wow. Ooh. Friday night, Mark Turgeon out as head coach of the Maryland Terrapin basketball program after, what was it, eight years?
3: Well, he'd been here since 2011. Gary Williams retired at the end of the
1: 2010-11 so season. Ten okay. years, yes. Ten years. Sure. And it turns out he wasn't fired. It was per mutual agreement, and what I had heard was he said, I can't do the job because the fans are basically on my ass too much. I'm getting booed at home, and it's not good for the program.
3: Yeah, I mean, he couldn't recruit, and I was at his last game. Um, the atmosphere was tremendous. They honored Len Bias for going in the Hall of Fame. They gave all the students these great yellow replica jerseys You know that Len Bias wore during his time, and... Uh, you know, it was, it was set up to win and they shot one for 13 from three. Um, you know, he, he assembled a team with parts from other teams. That's the way it works now with the transfer portal. You get a whole new team every year and he got some good players from other programs. Unfortunately, they don't fit together. And, uh, they got Kudus Wahad from Georgetown, who's a good player and a scorer, but every time the ball goes into it, it ain't coming out because he's, he's shooting it. And uh, you know he can score, but there's no flow to the offense, and they just they just don't look you know they don't look like a, a good team at all. They were ranked twentieth
1: at it's, the start of the season. But it's December. I
3: don't know. Well, this this is this is also the way it works with alumni too. It's you know let's let's get this guy out so we can start working on the next guy as quickly as we can. And uh, you know I, 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 what the hell, hire Rick Pitino? Why not?
1: Oh. You know? My God! Before we get to who they're going to hire, I have to ask: You talk about boosters. Are the bloody Bruno Mali footprints of one Scott Van Pelt near the crime scene?
3: I don't think so. One Kevin
1: Sheehan? No. Are there there two sets of bloody Bruno Malis that point to those (laughs) gentlemen, saying he's got to go? Or were they? They were sort of. uh, I believe Jay told me that they. Uh, are big. Uh, they were at least big supporters of Turge. Yeah, she yeah, and played golf with
3: friends. them. Yeah, they're, they're friends, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think especially Scott, he's a booster, and uh, I think he's isn't he on the board of regents. Um, I, I think they, they're friends. I don't think I don't think he was behind that.
1: No, I, I don't think at all. Do you no, think Van Pelt think. put any capital on the line? Uh, personal no. capital, not money. But do you think he lobbied to go? Hey, whoa, whoa, give him time, yeah. man. It's December. There's a whole bunch of guys we lost Morcel to Marquette, and we got to get these new guys in here. What are we doing, people? He didn't say that. No, you don't think?
3: I I, I don't think. And I, I don't. I think it was more what what you said. I don't think Turgeon really fought for his job. I think there was a discussion. And just both sides agreed it wasn't working out. Now, in the offseason, they gave Turgeon an extension, but in doing that, they lowered the buyout. So it was like he was sort of betting on himself in the offseason that he would make, you know, it had all kinds of incentives for winning uh, conference titles and things like that. Uh, But if it didn't work out, he was getting less in buyout money. still walking away with that $5 million. He's in his mid-50s. He'll find another job. But uh, it was set up so that they could, they could shove him out the door if they needed to.
1: Do you remember the day he was hired on the Sports yeah, Reporters? And yes, do you I remember do. my general opinion of it?
3: Uh, you were not high on it, as I recall.
1: Well? Yeah.
3: oh yeah, right. I mean, well, but... <laughs> but you know they. Uh,
1: Ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, notice how hard it is to get that out of Andy. Oh,
3: oh, okay. Well, you had this from the beginning, okay? You you had it right. But he did last ten years.
1: Ten was years was it a long good time? Was it a good ten years, or was it a waste of time? Was it a Norv Turnerian ten
3: years? No, I don't think it was that bad. They they uh, they won a, an ACC title. They won a Big Ten title. Uh, two years ago, they had a team that that could have could have done something, but you know we didn't have an how many NCAA sweet tournament. Sweet Sixteens, how many Final Fours? And they made one Sweet Sixteen, no Final
1: Fours. See, the thing is, and you didn't go to Maryland, but you are a Subway I'm alum fan. of sorts. You're I'm a, a fan. You're a blue line alum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what what line goes out to Maryland?
3: Uh, no, I don't think there is. A, yeah, green line goes out. Green
1: way. line, okay, yeah. Um, I think you guys think of Maryland as. Bigger in the landscape than it is, college basketball-wise. Um, with all uh, due I'll respect, you, Andy. I'll, with all I'll tell you
3: this. I'll tell you this. It's, it's one of a handful of schools in the country where winning an NCAA basketball title is bigger than winning a football championship.
1: Well, because you're not good at football.
3: No, but let's say you'd have a Georgia Tech type of year, like Georgia Tech won a share, at least, of the national title in 1990. Uh, I think what Maryland did in 2002 would be a bigger deal
1: than that. See, it's funny you mentioned Georgia Tech. I think I compared Maryland to Georgia Tech. You're, you're yeah. Georgia Tech with a banner, and boy, did you take umbrage to that? It's not. It's not. It's really not. And and
3: you you you, you grew up in Virginia. You didn't have an appreciation oh. for
1: oh how great. Notice it was. Look, the state it, pride. Show yeah. Me right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you grew yeah. up across the river. You don't understand. Look, yeah. I know yeah. the history of the great, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lefty Drizzle teams yeah. and right. the Len Bias years and the tragedy and everything else. But since then, I mean, since Gary won it, yeah. he went to two Final Fours. I don't know, man. So who are you going to get? Would you make a run at Patino now fully rehabbed yeah. and washed through the washing machine of, hey, let's forget about all this other stuff? Well,
3: what he did is not illegal anymore.
1: It's, it's not cheating. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Hiring prostitutes may not be illegal, but it's kind of frowned upon at most reputable places. I don't know.
3: I, look, if, if he's interested, bring him in. He wins. He's winning in wow. Iona.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right. If he's not available or interested, then what?
3: Oh, I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of names out there. The, the, the guy who's at... Uh, George Mason, who beat him, English. He, he's okay. in his first year, 35 years old. Uh, he's been in the NBA, um, you know, why not? But the, the the issue, the problem that they have really is there's no, like, legacy of coaches. Like, with Shashevsky, whenever he was going to retire, there was always, you know, five or six names who were associated with him right. that might take the job. Gary never had that kind of legacy with him. And, you know, Turgeon, you certainly wouldn't, you know, Take anybody who who worked for him, so they don't they don't have that. So anybody is in play, and why not? If you want to win now, you take Rick Patino. Yeah.
1: I think you tweeted this is a uh, a ghost ship of a season now. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, it's it's a dead season. They're they're terrible. I, I watched. They can't shoot. They have they they have a point guard named Fats Russell. He's listed at five ten. He looks like he's five five. And he did hit a couple of threes at the uh-huh. end of the game today, uh-huh. and then fell in love with with shooting every shot. And uh, you know, drives the lane. Sometimes gets fouled. Often has it blocked. I mean, there's just no flow to the offense. And their best player, Eric Ayala, he's like you know, one for his last 25 shots or two for 25. I mean, he he came back to improve his draft stock. Oh my god, yeah. he, it's it's a disaster.
1: Meanwhile, college football's Final Four is set, and it's going to be Alabama off their crushing of Georgia in the SEC title game, a game that you go, Goddamn, Georgia still can't do it against Alabama, um, against Cincinnati, the first group of five team to ever make the Final Four, and then Michigan, who punked an a absolutely impotent offense in Iowa. By the way, Iowa can't score to save its life. I think they're out of the top 100 in every scoring metric and they were at once at one point this year ranked number 2 in the country too, Iowa. Yeah,
3: i know they, it's it, it's crazy got, the big 10 wasn't very good this year it really no. wasn't
1: so it'll be uh michigan against georgia and then it'll be alabama against cincinnati both semis are on new year's eve they can't avoid it it's not ideal for them tv wise and then they'll uh they'll play the championship game a week plus a couple days from them they're all on espn
3: you mean, mean the alabama georgia rematch yes that's they will play that um and uh you, you know, it's you know, it's funny, and I've watched a lot of it, and, they, and ESPN does a good job with it, where they have the uh, every Tuesday where they have the show where they tell you where the rankings are right. and, they, right. and they unveil it. But it, a lot of time and effort went into this committee and they debated <laughs> back and forth. In the end, if they would have said, we're just going to sit back and see what happens at the end, see how it all works out. And the way it worked out, there really was no work to do. The final four that they wound up with was an obvious final four. There's, there's, there were no decisions to be made right. other than did you want to put Michigan two and Georgia three or vice versa? That
1: was the only decision. If the That's kid it. if the kid for Okie State nips the pylon and they win, doesn't it make it a little bit different, a little bit harder?
3: No, no. Are, are you going to put are you going to put Oklahoma State in against an unbeaten Cincinnati team?
1: Probably not. Right. So. Yeah. I guess There's that wouldn't there. have done it. By the way, that finish was one of the best finishes to end. Sp- incredible. I jumped out of my seat watching. I was like, oh! Because you could see yeah. it forming. You're like, oh, he might get the edge. Oh, this guy's coming fast. Oh, he pushed yeah. him. He's reaching. And then you had to watch the replay a couple times to go, did he possibly nip it? And he didn't. You know,
3: it was a great game. It, it was just a tremendous, tremendous football game. And then... A lot of mistakes, a
1: lot of turnovers. Yeah, it's but, college football. But it's college yeah. football. And By the way, great called game by one Sean McDonough. Yeah. I good. have always been McDonough positive. Many people thought him too black a cup of coffee in terms of taste. But I've always liked him.
3: Well, he, he apparently had some issues working with Gruden on Monday night mm. that wasn't a good fit between the two of them. Right. But on college football... He's great, and, uh, and that was a great game. And then, and then to see, you know, Alabama, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, we're just talking about college basketball, it's lefty and dean is what that is. It's, it's, it's lefty has had, te- had teams that were really great. But when he would play Dean, he would lose. And that's what Kirby <laughs> Smart does. So he cool. has great teams, but then when he plays Nick Saban, when it really matters, Saban will take it from there. Right. And, and he'll, I, think, I think Alabama will win them for rematch, too. I, I really do. I, I don't think it's, you know. Meanwhile, we,
1: we enter the most wonderful time of the year, all these silly bowl games. The NCAA added... A forty-fourth bowl at the last second, almost like a card table with a quick white tablecloth. Like, oh, hold on a second, we can get one of these out of the basement. There's a Jimmy Kimmel bowl. <laughs> I mean, there's a bar stool bowl. Yeah, a right. blog has a bowl. I know bar stools become much bigger than that, but still, it's uh, it's crazy. And yeah, well, and, that, you know, and will yeah. they go to a twelve teamer next year, or an eight teamer next year?
3: I hope not. I really do. Really?
1: Yeah. I I, I don't think an eight team would be fun as fuck with what we've got right now. No. No, it's because I think
3: the NCAA tournament works because these games are less than two hours, and they're all going on at once. And if one of them is a blowout, you switch to another. If you're going to have all these games, some of them are going to be really lopsided, and you're going to be stuck with two and a half hours of crapola. Uh, so I, I, I think the four works. And as we saw this year, we spend a whole year wringing our hands. Oh, somebody's going to get screwed. Cincinnati's not going to make it. And then it worked out, you know, and, and I can't remember a year where there's a team that really, really got screwed that didn't get in. And, and most of the whining, has been about these, you know, schools that come out of the smaller conferences like Cincinnati. Well, they broke through. They proved you can do it. So shut up, player four, get out of the way. It's, it's January 10th, for God's sake, when they finally end.
1: All you know, right.
3: It used, it used to be wrapped up, New Year's Night, orange bowl, that's it. Pack up the footballs. We'll see you, you know, back in August again. But now it just goes on forever.
1: All right, Andy. Always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, let me end on something serious and something very, very funny. Why am I here in Milwaukee again? Well, I'm here because this is my primary job. I think I told you guys that I had told WJFK that I could no longer do Saturday mornings. Because I was going to be traveling a lot, and I just didn't have the time or really the mental bandwidth to keep doing it. And they accepted that. I know many of you are like, oh. But this here is my primary job. It is the absolute sum of my focus, my effort, and yes, my passion. 97 through The Game in Milwaukee. But also statewide. Also in WNFL and Green Bay and a bunch of other markets around the state. The show has grown exponentially the market is starting to reshape itself and there is going to be a hell of a story that I believe will be written in the coming years but this is what I'm pursuing and this is what I'm excited about more importantly I do like it here in fact I love it I love the sports I love the Midwest vibe I love the people I love the city I love the rest of the state as well and I'm all over the place we were up at Lambeau this weekend I'll talk about that in just a second and yeah there's the Packers Let's talk about that. I'm a Packer fan now. Sorry, not sorry. Been over it before. My team, the Washington Redskins, died. The remnants of which, the Washington football team, just won again this weekend, and I watched them beat the Raiders. They are playing good football. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for those that root for the team. I wish them well. I will follow along. But my team died. And... This only made sense given the fact I'm on a station now that will be the flagship of the Green Bay Packers beginning next year. I know this is disappointing for many of you, but I don't really have the energy or the platform, honestly, to microanalyze everything with the Washington football team like I did for damn near 20 years. And I know that many of you are like, oh, but I love that so much. And I want to hear your thoughts on Rivera and who, you know, is Heineke the guy? And we'll talk about that from time to time with Andy. Heard it discussed here today, but that's not what I'm focused on right now. That said, here's where I was on Saturday night. I was at Lambeau Field emceeing the Aaron Jones A All the Way Charity Gala, sponsored by Aaron's Foundation. He has a brother, Alvin, twin brother, who is 30 minutes older than him, plays in the CFL for the Rough Riders, couldn't be there in the event, but he did Send in a video, which was great. And I got to emcee the, MC the event. And, I mean, it was amazing. Aaron joins us every week on the game on Tuesdays. And so we've gotten to know him over the last couple of years. And to be there around him with him. First of all, meeting Aaron Jones in person, he's tiny. It's unbelievable. He is whippet thin. He is not tall. And when he runs, he delivers a pounding. But that said, I had to pinch myself because it was such a beautiful, cold but not brutally cold, winter night with the holidays upon us, all the decorations, the Christmas decorations outside Lambeau Field. It was beautiful. And inside Lambeau, we were at the atrium. It's, it's immaculate. It's amazing. And would I ever get this chance to do something like this, to be this involved, to get to MC an event with RB1? Of the Green Bay Pack, would would I get to do this in D.C. with the Washington football team? No. Where, where would I do it in the concrete bowels of that dilapidated piece of shit FedEx? No. I was on an afternoon drive with Chris Cooley, who was direct friends with the owner of the team, Daniel M. Snyder, for over three years. Never once got to be involved in something quite like this which tells you the way they think versus how the opportunities are here. Now, this was not a team-sponsored event, but it was an Aaron Jones event. We got to do it at the stadium, and it was not a big deal, but it was just incredible. So this is what I'm doing, and I'm excited about it. And I know it's disappointing to some of you. Now, a lot of you are like, well, did did, did you move? Uh, What about your family? Did you sell the compound? Uh, Two things. A, none of your business. B, no Did not sell the monogamous compound. Our family is a less than simple situation, to put it mildly, with our daughter, Catherine, who is a delight. She is on the autism spectrum. She is undergoing work training post her high school days and taking to it nicely. Very proud of her. My wife works for the local school district. So, you know, listen, don't you worry about where I live and where I pay taxes. I do have a residence now in Milwaukee, and I'm around here almost as much as I'm not around here. And I can be here in a moment's notice depending on what we're doing. So as Belichick likes to say, we're on to Cincinnati. But speaking of that gala with Aaron Jones, to meet his family was amazing. You know, their military family, his father passed away uh, this past winter, and he was the rock of the family. He, to, to, to see the young man Aaron Jones has become young man, 27 years old, to see the guy he is, the man he is, the NFL player he is, and a bit of an overachiever, to be honest, fifth-round draft pick. And it's an amazing thing. And, you know, his foundation benefits military families. It raises money for them to assist them because he comes from a military family. And I got to meet and sit with uh, Scott Kramer, who is a Blackhawk pilot from the Wisconsin State Guard, and uh, his family. And they were just wonderful. I got to meet a guy, Christian Thornton who is a Purple Heart recipient. And I was so weird when I, you know, I'm talking to him and his wife actually introduced herself to me, said, hey, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Can I get a photo and listen to you on Bob and Brian? Blah, blah, blah. She's from Wisconsin. Okay, great. Then I met her husband, this very trim, good-looking guy and... He's got this Purple Heart pin and an American flag pin. But he's got a little bit of an Aussie accent, and I couldn't quite figure it out. So we start talking. Turns out he's from all over the place. He's got citizenship from South Africa, Australia, but moved here to the States early on. Also a U.S. citizen, and, of course, fought and served for a country. He's a pilot, too, and he flew (laughs) F-14s. And I just nerd out. I was like, ooh, the Tomcat with the wings that go... And so we start... I just... I tried to keep myself in check, but we were talking flying and stuff, and I said, so tell me about that Purple Heart pin. Now, I didn't know if you had a tiny little pin that was a Purple Heart pin. I didn't know that meant you actually received a Purple Heart. I thought maybe it could be you've, you support the Purple Heart, but no. He, I said, so tell me all about that. He goes, yeah. He said, I actually turned down the first Purple Heart. He's like, I've got two rounds in my shoulders. I think he was one in each shoulder. He got shot out of the air after 9-11 flying over Afghanistan with a piece of shrapnel from just plain old dumb anti-aircraft. Had to pop the canopy and uh, luckily was rescued without being taken hostage uh, or or captured by the enemy. But uh, said it compressed his spine and fucked everything up. But still after that, when his eyesight was starting to fail, he uh, continued serving and was wounded on the ground serving, I believe, as a medic, he said. He said he turned the first Purple Heart down. And then after the second one, he's like, oh, okay, I'll take that one. Amazing people to get to meet these people and talk to them. That's what was so incredible. So in the broad scheme of things with my career, I might say, God, you know, gee, I wish JFK had just made me afternoon drive on the station when they merged and bought nine eighty. And I wish they supported me as much as the station here does, but that's no way to think about life. I can't wish for things to turn out in ways they did not. I need to wish for, everyone needs to wish for things to turn out like they're going to turn out. And then otherwise, if if you only wish for things to turn out just in your favor, how are you going to grow? How are you going to learn anything in life? So I'm... Very happy doing what I'm doing, and I appreciate your understanding. By the way, I'm here all week. Try the veal. As the saying goes, I'm going to the Bears game next Sunday with me and Josh. Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV is going to be in the stadium with us. And Scott Dolphin, our buddy, who's a Bears fan, nicest Bears fan ever from Iowa. He's going to get a raft of shit this morning about Iowa not being able to score any points whatsoever. Uh, And they got crushed by Michigan. But it's going to be a fun time. Could be a cold time, could be a snowy time, but hey, that's the deal. Now, on to something funny to finish. Headline, Bum Squad. Bomb scare race after patient arrives at a hospital with World War II artillery shell stuck up his bottom. <laughs> this happened in the UK. The unnamed patient arrived, and they found an anti-tank round up his ass. It was identified as a 57-millimeter shell, typically fired from six-pound anti-tank guns. Of course, the unnamed patient's patient told the doctors, ah, it was a mistake. He said he slipped and fell after falling, and it went straight up his bum. Doctor said he was in considerable amount of pain. I think he collected military memorabilia. Police responded to a report that the patient had presented with a munition in his rectum. I don't know if it was inert. Uh, it says, oh, it did say it was basically an inert lump of metal, But so there's no risk to life, but you never know. I don't know how long munitions last like that. Sometimes they can go off years and years and years later. But all I could think about hearing it was, a yeah, it was an accident. Was, hearing, was thinking about the Fusilli Jerry episode in Seinfeld where there was a little Jerry Seinfeld statue made out of Fusilli noodles, hard, uncooked, that a guy apparently sat on and got one up his butt. Here was Kramer explaining it.
2: There you go, buddy. <laughs> what is it? It's Fusilli Jerry! <laughs> <laughs> It's made from fusilli pasta. See the microphone? When did you do this? On my spare time. <laughs> you know I'm working on one of you George, I'm using ravioli. <laughs> See the hard part is to find a pasta that captures the individual. Yeah. Why fusilli? Because you're silly. <laughs> you get it? Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. So, did you get your new plates? Oh, yeah, I got my new plates. But they mixed them up, somebody got mine and I got their vanity plates. What do they say? Ass-man. <laughs> Ass-man? Yeah, Ass-man, Jerry. I'm Cosmo Kramer, the Ass-man. <laughs> who would order a license plate that says Ass-man? Maybe they're Wilt Chamberlain's.
0: <laughs> Funny.
2: It doesn't have to be someone who gets a lot of women. It could be just some guy with a big ass. <laughs> Yeah, or it could be a proctologist. Yeah? <laughs> proctologist? Oh, come on. No doctor would put that on his collar. Have you ever met a proctologist? <laughs> well, they usually have a very good sense of humor. You meet a proctologist at a party. Don't walk away. Plant yourself there because you will hear the funniest stories you've ever heard. <laughs> See, no one wants to admit to them that they stuck something up there. Never. It's always an accident. Every proctologist story ends in the same way. It was a million-to-one shot, Doc. (laughs) Million-to-one. There's my phone.
1: Of course, the episode ends with Fusilli Jerry being sat on in a cab. Million-to-one shot, but there it is. It's always an accident. Have yourself a great Monday. Rate and review this podcast if you have the time and inclination. It helps to tickle our algorithmic overlords and to help keep us growing, which we are, and I am eternally thankful for that. Thanks again for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time.
0: At SheFit, we know the fitness industry makes a lot of empty promises. We're done with shortcuts and quick fixes. No woman should be let down or held back, especially by her clothing. It's time to experience the only sports bra that's as strong as you are. Available in the widest range of sizes, easy on and off, with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.
1: Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao electric personalities that produce big fights, and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with MyBookie. MyBookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code ZABE. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement watching Paul Woodley. Two at my bookie as much as we'd all love to see jake paul eat canvas he's been looking pretty strong in previous matchups and with woodley taking this fight on short notice all the odds are in paul's favor back the problem child to win this rematch he's sure to be the favorite don't miss out Double your first deposit by up to $1,000 by using promo code ZABE. Head to MyBookie today. Place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match. Get settled with Paul versus Woodley 2. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.